Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. The eyes that you made while (laughs) dancing were borderline demonic. (laughs) They like rolled back. (laughs) I really got into it. The Holy Spirit possessed her. and I can't wait until we start videoing because then people will see what I'm doing and what we're doing in yes. between when we have that like four seconds or five seconds that we wait in between for like the theme music to come in. And we for just, our like, theme music. And we just <laughs> we like, go hard. Make, we, we, we don't want to move too much because we don't want to upset the equipment. No. But we we like with our arms and usually oh, we our fist head. pump harder than we've ever we fist We dance pumped. like we've never danced yeah. before. We're dancing to save our lives out yeah. here. We're dancing to pay our bills, basically. Yeah. <laughs> we are raving. It's funny. Speaking of video, I just had the photo shoot with Lydia, which, hi, Lydia. Hello. Hey, Lydia. <laughs> You're the best. Love Lydia's you. the the photographer. I wasn't even there. I know it was amazing. <laughs> it, it was just, she's she's incredible. Um, she's the one that took our really cool shots with the, like, shovels and stuff. So whenever yeah. you see, like, basically pictures of me and Haley... Lydia took them. Probably. (laughs) Lydia's the best. Anyway, so she was just saying, she was like, when are you guys going to start doing like a video aspect of things? Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh, well, we're working on it like that. Uh, Haley's looking into it. Uh, We're going to do it once things are settled in the studio. So yes, we are. It's going to happen. It's happening. You guys are going to get to see in like real time how embarrassing we are behind camera. And like you're going to see like fanning motions and. No, well, edit that out. I can't be too embarrassing. (laughs) No, are you kidding me? Pardon me, I just coughed. There's a, a tickle in my throat. Tickle. That always happens. I, I'm going to have to cough. This is happening. <coughs> She's got the vid. Got it. No, I actually <laughs> do not. She already had the vid. But you can get it again. I know you can. Yeah. I've Maybe heard. I should just take a little sip of hydration. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't know for sure if I've had it. I've been like sick once or twice throughout the pandemic but haven't known it, if it's, you know, because yeah. like I haven't been able to get tested. It, but it kind of seemed like you just had like common colds. Yeah, there, that's what it felt like. So if I don't this think I've had it, for you? it yet. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. It's coming to get me. Yeah, maybe. You never know. You never know. So, oh, I was about to get back into the recap, but we have a new patron to welcome. Yes, we do. Karen McClelland. Hello. Hi, Thank Karen. you. You're the best. We love, we love you. you. Welcome. We can't wait to hear your episode suggestions. Yeah, you said you're going to send yeah. us some cases, so no pressure, but like we're excited Maybe, to hear them. We are. Maybe by the time this is airing, you've already done such a thing. So if you have already, by the time you're listening to this, you don't have to send us a second list. <laughs> <laughs> we but want feel free more. to. <laughs> so if we've already <laughs> responded by then or by now, I don't know when this is. I don't know. We're in another dimension. We're in, yeah. That's sometimes <laughs> when we like record and we know it's coming out at a certain time, we have to like pretend like we're already in that time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's very confusing for my small brain. It's, it's it's hard because neither of us have mastered the art of like predicting the future yet, so we can't. Oh, well, yeah, you know, we can't like. It's hard to put ourselves like four weeks ahead because we don't know where we are in four weeks. <laughs> I could be dead. Yeah. I mean, I hope not. Well, I hope not, too. Because I certainly don't want to do the podcast alone. I know. What if I could come back as a ghost and be your host? <gasps> your yes. ghost host? Your, my my hostess with the ghostest. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even funny. I couldn't even like, I, laugh at my I own joke. I think it's hilarious. 
especially because of my mom because like she would always tell stories about back when she worked at mcdonald's as like a teenager okay and, and how like it was like technically in the 70s a like restaurant. It, it was no no no. it was a, it was actually like a title you could have it was hostess with the mostest oh fuck. so she was like yeah it was like I, an, a legit title yeah she because there's like pictures that we've seen and stuff and um they're in and like no her, it like, does not say hostess with the most i don't i don't know i haven't looked at her name tag but like it because there's so she said at a time they had to wear like banana yellow uniforms and then like or like lime green i need these pictures but then the last picture we saw i was like oh there's the banana yellow she's like yeah mine was different because i was hostess with the mostest so i had like a different uniform and i was like what i have like, to see these photos i need <laughs> proof immediately yeah pics or it didn't happen oh yeah no no we have we have pics <laughs> i'm excited for yeah. this this is this yeah, is yeah. a gold mine so i'm she only always, just finding out about so this so my now. whole family always calls her like hostess with the mostest which like, is very like fitting for her well yeah and now she's yeah she, and now she's she still is hostess with the, the hostess, hostess. With the yeah. hostess. <laughs> god if you guys could just meet Haley's mom like it's she's out of this world <laughs> <laughs> and oh. you know following in her fo- footsteps i'll be ghostess with them <laughs> Ghostest with the mostest. Ghostest with the ghostest? What did you say? I don't even know, but you loved it. Whatever it was. <laughs> we'll have to listen back to this. Because I can't. I think it was hostess with the ghostest. With the ghostest. But yeah. I like ghostest with the mostest. Yeah, that's true. It works both ways. It does. It All does. right. Should I do a recap? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe me. Okay. <laughs> so in part one, we covered Ariel Castro's history and upbringing and what a complete abusive, raging piece of literal shit he was yes ding 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 yes was spoiler alert oh i know yes <laughs> that's the creepiest yes <laughs> I was just, it just clicked in my head i was like <gasps> yeah oh okay i wasn't sure if you were like was it like I trying to figure it out yeah i no. didn't know if that meant anything or okay it means was it means something cool yeah spoiler eh, whatever he's a piece of shit so fuck him yeah um then we covered michelle's childhood and upbringing all of the struggles she endured and like all the abuse and rape she had already endured from the age of five to about 17 mm-hmm. her homelessness her uh, time spent as a drug runner for a guy named sniper which i also wanted to not necessarily correct myself but add on because we did talk about this Mm -hmm. how we were saying how if it was weed that she was selling totally fine in our books (laughs) (laughs) we were like good on yeah it was weed she was selling they were just selling weed weed and e okay which fair enough honestly like fuck it i'm not gonna like yeah i don't know it was probably just like all hard up on people that are selling weed and like like party drugs like that's the thing of course it's illegal and like i'm not i'm not promoting people doing anything illegal like it's not legal like obviously weed isn't illegal here now but like at the time and there yeah it's illegal so like you know i I get it obviously it's against the law i get it but i guess what we're just saying is like weed and e doesn't usually like you know ruin people's lives shit and like yeah you know, she wasn't out like from it selling like laced meth or anything to anybody yeah, like heroin it, and stuff like and we're just saying it could be worse it could be worse that, for the for the breaking up of that um drug house and everything that, that she, she was, was like it was actually healthier than her everything home life in her entire life like so that's that's why i wanted yeah. to add that in of like she could have just kept selling weed to like i know man i know you know like right come the fuck on so that that's why i yeah when i read that because i I read her book not all of it i still have a couple chapters left to go guys that'll be updated for part three and a possible part four we don't know yet how long we're stretching it but um yeah it was just weed and e and when i read it i was like heartbroken that it got torn up 
It was just yeah. some mild drugs in my opinion. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, where was I? Okay, next page. We continued on and we got up to her abduction from Ariel Castro and stopped right after he had closed the door with her in the pink room in the upstairs of his house. Yes. So now let's get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just give a trigger warning here again. This case and basically any case we cover obviously is almost never for the faint of heart. Um, but this one in particular literally has a little bit of everything. Um, this episode in particular out of this like multi-parter um, is probably going to be the heaviest out of all parts. So I'm warning you, there's a lot of discussion about rapes, um, a lot of really graphic details from the women's accounts, um, a lot of assault towards the victims when they're pregnant. Um, and I know that's like a huge yeah. button for a lot of people, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, understandably so. There's a horrifying piece of animal cruelty that I couldn't even like type out properly. Yeah, so um, And just overall, like some really, really heinous torture. So just wanted to do that now because... It's a survival case and like the final part and installment of this series is going to be extremely happy. There is a good happy ending mm-hmm. once it's done, mm-hmm. but to get there, things got to get real fucking dark. So let's do this. Okay. So after he had slammed the door shut in the pink room, I'm calling it this because this is how Michelle re- refers to the rooms as by the colors that they were. Okay. So she was in the pink room. Um, I showed you the image and we'll probably post some of the pictures. Yes. There was other rooms, like a blue room and a white room, but we'll get to those later. Um, he had put her, his hand over her mouth and told her that if she screamed, he'd kill her. And then he threw her against the ground. She looked around the room and saw two tall metal poles on each side of the room with this like thick wire strung between them, like a clothesline, but a little bit more heavy duty. Okay. Um, he left the room for a second. Michelle said that she tried to like get herself up. Um, off the ground but was like literally paralyzed with fear and couldn't even bring herself to like scream and make any sound like mm-hmm. she was just so scared which like yeah like reading her account of even just like being thrown onto the ground by someone that just literally locked you into a room I wouldn't be able to move either like that's uh, just terrifying yeah so then Ariel came back into the room with two massive orange extension cords He grabbed Michelle's legs and kept wrapping one of the cords around her legs so tightly that it actually cut into her skin, like on her ankles. Um, She wasn't able to feel her feet anymore from how tight he wound it around her ankles. Um, He then grabbed her arms and pulled them behind her, tied her wrists together, and then tied her wrists to her ankles, and then wrapped the rest of the cord around her neck so she was tied back in like a hog tie manner, Mm -hmm. which... I'm hoping no one has been, but if you've ever been hogtied for whatever reason, it is not a comfortable position to be in. No, it looks extremely it's, painful and uncomfortable. It is. Yeah. Like, even if it's just, like, you're messing around with siblings and, like, rough housing, mm-hmm. like, having your arms behind you and, like, touching your legs, it's, that's not, <laughs> not a position, like, anybody should just be in for any no. reason at all. No, no. So, she thought she was about to be hooked up onto the clothesline that she first noticed, which she wasn't entirely wrong, but instead he stopped and unzipped his pants. This part's fucking disgusting, but he started masturbating all over her and like obviously saying profane things to her. Um, Once he finished up, he just sat there, I guess, for a while before demanding her to stay still. 
while he hoisted her up onto the wire line that was held up between the big metal poles. Once he had her in place, she was raised about 12 inches off of the ground, hovering, and had her facing a window. He then jammed a disgusting old smelly sock into her mouth, like one of his, I'm going to imagine, and then duct taped it all the way around her mouth. Like her whole head was oh my wrapped with this sock stuffed in her mouth. Yeah. Um, he said, I'm going to go get us some food. And then did what I would imagine to be like the scariest thing on top of like already being so scared. Just blasted the radio full volume so that she couldn't even like hear anything over it. Yeah. She said that it literally hurt her eardrum. So like she's already in like a terrifying state, but now she's like had like one of her senses essentially like eliminated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that would be so disorienting and terrifying and yeah, just alarming. And like sound is one of those things that like when you're in a scary position, like the last thing you want is like noise. You want to be able to like gather your bearings. So it's just like, it's really disorienting. Like, mm -hmm. so the sun had started to go down and he still hadn't returned. Um, she said that she had drifted it drifted like in and out of being completely numb from how tight all the cords were to feeling like she was being poked with like a million tiny pins and needles. Oh god. Which like if that anyone's even had their terrible. foot fall asleep, yeah. like it feels like it's about to fall off. Yeah. Now just picture yourself hovering in the air 12 inches off the ground, hogtied, <sighs> bleeding from your ankles cuz it's so tight like it's just holy fuck. So yeah, pretty uh, fucking scary shit. So he left her hanging there for longer than a day. She wasn't exactly sure how long exactly she was hanging there for, but it was, she said it went to night to morning to night, and she kind of like lost count after that. If yeah. it was two nights or three nights, she's unsure. Um, no food, no water, a crusty old sock in her mouth. Like she was saying she was like dry. Yeah. Like, even even if I'm, like, remotely thirsty and don't have access to water within half an hour, I'm complaining. Like, let alone, like, yeah. you've gone days without hydration and having fabric in your mouth. Yeah. Like, like just breathing through your nose. Like, that's everything. Yeah. Every everything would feel wrong. Yeah. She had passed out a few times and then come to and this kind of kept carrying on, which makes sense, like, physiologically. Like Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Your body's yeah. going to try and... Uh, like fight whatever like it's gonna try and like yeah. allow you to rest if that makes sense like it's gonna like, yeah it's sleep. gonna force because like this is over a day so like you're sleep deprived like eventually your body is just gonna try and shut down yeah yeah and you're not getting like proper blood flow like no. you're not standing and moving like it's just yeah oh, she was never sure if he was in the house or not because she was either literally passed out or if she was alert the music was so loud that she couldn't hear if he was there or not so then he suddenly came back. She's not exactly sure like how long had passed at that point when he did come back in, but it was just definitely longer than a full day. He had a McDonald's sandwich with him. Um, it sounded like it was like a breakfast sandwich. So if anybody loves McDonald's breakfast sandwiches like this, this case is going to ruin them for you. Ugh. Megan, turn your ears off. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Megan loves them. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Don't worry. It wasn't a McGriddle. I was just going to say I got her on McGriddle. So like, you know, you, yep. you have those. Yeah. It's a good alternative now. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he forcibly ripped the duct tape off of her head, pulling out a good chunk of her hair with it. And then he tried stuffing the sandwich into her mouth, but she kept like 
keeping her mouth tightly shut. She was worried that he might have poisoned it or something. Keep in mind, she's thinking this whole time that she's going to be murdered. Yeah. That's, that's What else are you thinking? You, that's the only thought yeah. you would have. She isn't thinking like, oh, I'm just going to be here for a while. I, she's just thinking, well, he's just saving me to kill me. Like, yeah. that's it. So um, even though she was like literally starving, she forced her mouth to stay s- shut. Um, so he was getting pissed, obviously trying to like ram the sandwich into her mouth. Um, he just like abruptly cut one of the cords and she came crashing onto the floor. Oh. 12 inches completely like dropped like a potato sack like you don't have any muscle like you've just been like you have nothing left like you can't feel anything um he carried her into another smaller room just next door i think this was the white room she refers to um and for more than an hour straight he just raped her over and over again um she said that the mattress was just kind of soaked with her blood after like i know it's so visceral i know Wow. Yeah. It's this is all very heavy. Yeah. Um Michelle throughout her book refers to him constantly as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because he would flip back and forth from being this like horrifying monster, obviously, to trying to make casual small talk with her. And she said being borderline kind almost instantly after doing some awful things. To her, like, he would obviously rape her repeatedly and then try and lay beside her after and just have, like, a pity party for himself mm-hmm. and talk about how bad his life was growing up and how he beat his ex-wife and stuff and, like, would be like, oh, I had a bad life. This is why I have to do this. And, like, oh, I'm so sad. Suck my ass. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like- no, like, he literally has no idea. Like, there's just no cognition there for him to understand. right and wrong like it's it's clear he just is it's just soup in his head it isn't even a brain it's just like yeah that's a good way to put it soup in his (laughs) head it's just soup uh not even like good soup like barf soup yes yes just vomit it's just just full of vomit he's just he's just a pustule so so after all of that he out of nowhere just stood up and threw cash at her and said there's your payment so she was confused at first thinking like okay he just thinks I'm a sex worker and this was just like normal for him. So maybe I can leave now. Mm-hmm. Thinking like, he's paid me. He must be done with what he believes to be my services. Well, if he's going to keep me, what's the point in giving me money? Exactly. So she tries to get up and think like, okay, this is it. I have I got money. I'm just going to go. She obviously didn't grab the money. <laughs> um, but she tries to get up and head over to her bag and try and leave. And he was like, where do you think you're going? So he, like, started to walk towards her and she was, like, backing up and she fell back onto the disgusting mattress. And he starts rummaging through her purse and dumps everything out and then asks her how old she is. Um, she refused to answer him because she's like, like, what What do you want to know? Like, why all of a sudden now do you care to ask me any questions? So she just didn't answer him. He searched through her stuff and found her ID. And when he saw that she was 21, he became furious like enraged i thought you were younger right. like screaming because like, you said she's very small she's extremely short and looks really young and even even pictures of her today she has a very youthful face yes like yeah. michelle knight's gonna go on as looking like the youngest person forever just because her skin's so like perfectly smooth like she just has a very youthful face yeah. and she's literally four foot eleven i'm pretty sure yeah 
She's a very petite person. So at 21, she probably looked like she was like 13 or 14. Yes. Yeah. Well, like even in the book, like some people would make comments saying she looked 13. Yeah. And she just was like chesty for a 13-year-old because she yeah. was like filled out, but, but still very but small. Very petite, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's like screaming, I thought you were younger. And he's getting all like shaky and angry and pacing back and forth, like just like really bothered. Like, really bothered. And then he was like, you know what? Okay, fine. We're just going to be friends, but um, you won't be here for long. I'm just going to keep you until Christmas. Wait, when was this again? August. <gasps> yeah. He said, don't worry. We're just going to be friends, but I'm going to keep you here for not that long, just till Christmas. Uh, it's August. So for like four or five months. Yeah. That's almost. Uh, yeah. Let me see the exact date august 22nd was the day she was kidnapped so yeah of 2002 so you're going on like four months there yeah yeah that's a long time that's a long time yes yeah he made her put on her shirt and underwear that was it and that was the only clothing he gave her he then grabbed her by her hair and dragged her downstairs then he led her to another set of stores from like off of the main floor leading to a basement. In her book, she even says, anytime anyone's trying to lead you to a basement, it's almost never a good sign. I, I, I can imagine, especially after an experience like this, it's probably not. Especially, yeah, especially when your first experience in this house on the top floor was being hoisted between two metal poles, hogtied. Yeah. Yeah. Chances are anything that's going to happen in this dingy basement's not going to be much better it was closed with a padlock as well so she's thinking well this obviously isn't a very good sign so he unlocked it dragged her down and then at the last couple of steps just pushed her down the last few stairs just because you know he wasn't being rude enough already she like took a glance around there was like garbage everywhere dirty piles of clothes all over the place like it wasn't like you know your basement that we're sitting in right now it was <laughs> A disgusting, yeah. horrifying basement. We will post some pictures that we are able to find of, like, the whole house as a whole because it's disgusting. And if any of you listeners have houses that look as gross and dirty as this, get your shit together. Hire a cleaner. <laughs> like, <laughs> disgusting. Get some help. Get help. No, seriously. No, yeah, but, like, he's is... disgusting. Yeah, I think that, like you said, like, it. <laughs> his home is a reflection of his brain. The like, vomit soup. It's yeah. just vomit soup. Yeah. That's literally what it That's, looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so he then grabbed two extremely long, super rusty chains. Um, also, I'll share pictures of these two I showed you. Mm -hmm. um, whenever she'd like cry or plea with him, he would say stuff like, how am I supposed to trust you if you keep making noise like that? Like he would always say stuff along the lines of like, I need you to be able to trust you. Like as he's like trying to tie her up and stuff mm -hmm. in the beginning. So he grabs those chains and um, starts saying stuff like that. He then wrapped the long rusty chains all the way around her torso and her neck to the pole in the basement mm. multiple times. And then he wrapped twist ties tightly around her wrists. Then he said, now we have to make sure nobody can hear you. He went and grabbed an all black motorcycle helmet and slammed it down over her head. And she said after that, everything went black. So she now has, like, completely cut off from, like, all senses. She had no clue what day or night it was when she came back to. Um, she could barely breathe in there. Like, it, she kind of made it sound like 
the screen was blacked out and that they're like the like breathing holes were like essentially covered mm. because like you're supposed to be able to breathe in a motorcycle helmet obviously but yeah that's what i'm wondering i don't know what he did like she was unable to breathe in it and it was very scary for her like i probably wouldn't be able to survive that like i don't like being enclosed and oh stuff my God, like that yeah. like it would just no. be yeah, so she couldn't see out of it. Like, everything was black. She couldn't really make any sound because the chains were wrapped around her neck, like, pressing in that, like, any sound that did come out wouldn't have been loud enough to be heard through the helmet anyways. Yeah. That didn't stop her from fighting. She kept fighting. She kept trying to wiggle her hands from the ties and her wrists. She finally got the twist ties off. And she was at least able to take the helmet off for a little bit. But she couldn't do anything about the chains because they were, like, padlocked shut, like, around her torso and neck. So she was like, I can't really do much with those yet, at least. Mm -hmm. So she at least had, like, a little bit of, like, solace just, like, with the helmet off for, like, a brief period of time. Um, he had also that, like, with her, like, surveillance of the room once the helmet was off, she was able to see that he rigged up some super, like, makeshift door alarms on the back of the door um she was like constantly plotting like once she could get an out and find her way out of the chains if she was able to like how to like get past those alarms and stuff like mm -hmm. that's that looks like it's hooked up to this kind of thing like pointing things out in her mind so she was like constantly in like plot mode of like how am i going to get out here like complete like survival mode yeah and like so she's wiggling around trying to get like the chains loose and just as she's finally getting things loosened enough she hears his truck pull up Oh, so she quickly tries to get everything back into position, puts the helmet back on and just waits. And it wasn't even two minutes before he came stomping down the stairs and screamed at her for taking off her ties and how he thought he could trust her and said, now you're going to have to be punished because he's been saying you have to build my trust. You have to build my trust. But this was to him a breach of his trust. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously, no. You're a fucking lunatic. So he picked up this huge pipe and waved it in her face and told her that if she screamed, he was going to shove it down her throat. Oh, my gosh. He took off her chains. And in her book, she says what happened for the next three hours is still to this day too difficult for her to even think about, let alone write out. So we can safely assume that whatever happened right then was the ultimate violation a human can undergo. Because she continues on in the rest of the book to describe in great detail everything else that had taken place and everything else she describes is horrifying and yeah. traumatizing even just to read. So if she's unable to talk about these three hours, I can't imagine it's anything nice. Oh. Um, this is her quote. He didn't just rape me the way he had upstairs. He murdered my heart. Or at least the small part that was still left after what I went through when I was a little girl. So this was the epitome of the worst for her. That three-hour window. Wow. Again, after this was over, he threw some money on her and said, I'll be paying you for your time here and I'll keep it in there for you. And gestured towards the washing machine in the corner. He told her that this is where she'll be staying until he can trust her again. In the basement chained up. And then maybe you can move upstairs. So he tied her back up, tighter this time, helmet back on, lights off, and left. He came back, uh, brought some food every now and then. He brought her a bucket with a piece of cardboard to cover it up with her for her to toilet in. 
She was only ever, ever able to hear just a little bit, but she started to keep a little bit of like a mental note in her head of his comings and goings to try and get like a little sense of when it was. Like so she'd be able to hear. Some kind of a routine or something. Yeah. So yeah. she would like keep note of like, she'd hear like a phone alarm go off and be like, okay, it must be morning. Yeah. And then she'd hear a little bit of walking and be like, okay, he's maybe he's getting ready. Yeah. She, he'd occasionally come down and like in the mornings, like either check the ties or like give her a breakfast sandwich or something every now and then. Like it was, she wasn't being fed every day, guys. It was very yeah. spaced out. Um, but so like when he'd come down, he'd be wearing, for example, his work uniform. So she would try and keep track of how many days in a row she'd see it. Like, okay, it was the burgundy shirt and the black pants. One, two, three, four days. Okay, now we're on to the weekend. And, you know, like, yeah. so she was trying to keep that, like, schedule going. Obviously, it's very hard to keep track of when you have very limited <laughs> eyesight and you're just working off of, like, little peeps and stuff you hear. Oh, my goodness. I scrolled way too far. Okay. She said she isn't exactly sure how long she was in the basement for, but it had to be months. Oh, my gosh. She said it went from being super hot, so, like, August, yeah. September in Cleveland, like mm -hmm. it would be hot, um, to being super cold, like transitioning through the seasons. Like she felt the change. She's in a basement too. So like, well, yeah, for sure. Since she wasn't really eating properly, obviously, or moving around at all other than her rapes, that was like basically the only time she was allowed to stand up for a second. She lost a bunch of weight so much so that about once a week, Ariel had to come and tighten the chains even more like couple notches in because oh she was gosh. just losing all of her body mass yeah the entire several months she spent in that basement she wasn't able to bathe or cleanse herself um she talked about how difficult her menstrual time was he would just come downstairs and throw some old fast food napkins on the floor in front of her and that was it he never emptied the bucket that he gave her to the toilet like gave her to toilet in more than like she said maybe two or three times and she was down there for months yeah. So the entire basement smelt so foul that it literally made her sick. Like she was like ill oh. the whole time, basically. Like if anyone's ever gone to like a porter potty and thinks that that smells bad, like times that by like months. A thousand. Yeah. And just put it into like a really small room with zero drainage. Yeah. So like even up to this point, I'm just like, this is just mind blowing. That, like, mm. there's a an individual out there that was like, yeah, I'm going to do all of this to a human being. To a human being? Like, uh, I, you, but there's something, there's something disassociated in your brain that's not, that's not registering this person as a human being. No. Like, he, he's treating this girl like a, like an object. Like a, worse like than a an object. Worse, but like, yeah, like a. I, I don't even know. I mean, obviously, like a slave, but it's like less yeah. less than human. Less than, yeah. Uh, like, I can't even, like, yeah. Yeah. I, there's like, I can't even like think of words to like describe him and how. It's just, it, it's insane. <laughs> so one day he comes downstairs and orders Michelle to get up and says, I'm taking you upstairs today. He brought her upstairs to the top floor, back to the pink room where he had ha um, first had her strung up. But the poles were gone. This time there was a gross mattress in that corner. Um, on one side of the room there was a bucket with a piece of cardboard on top. So she was like, I know exactly what that's for right away. Mm -hmm. And could likely assume that she'd be staying in there for a while now. Then she saw a long chain with a padlock on it that was attached to the wall. 
Like it, there was like a hole on the wall and it looked like it went into like almost another room where okay. it was like mounted to. Okay. Um, you pushed her down, tied the chain around her body a few times. It was so tight that all she could do was sit up or lay down, but couldn't stand. So it was just, she was just on that mattress chained and literally all she could do was lay or sit. And now like imagine laying on like rusty chains Ugh. with just a t-shirt and underwear. Like, yeah. Yeah. Then after this, maybe a few days after, he came in with a bunch of tools and wood planks. And she was like, oh, great. This is it. He's going to murder me with those tools. Yeah. Like, that's what she was thinking. He then made her stand up and made her help him board up every single window on the top floor so no one could see in or out. So she's literally helping him board up windows so that nobody can see her. Weeks had passed with her left chained up in the room. She seemed fairly sure that Thanksgiving was near. Um, this is for Canadian listeners. This is in the States. So that would be like, what is it like end of November for Americans? Thanksgiving. Oh, for Thanksgiving? Yeah. yeah. I think it's like the third week of November yeah. or something like that. Um, it was at least sort of close. Maybe it was early December. She couldn't quite place it, but she knew like Thanksgiving had either just passed or is coming up. That's just her remembering like the timing. But she remembered him saying that he'd let her go by Christmas. So she's thinking like, okay, maybe like Christmas is just around the corner. But then she started to get the vibe that obviously he wasn't anywhere near letting her go. Like how how would he let her go? Exactly. <laughs> um, instead, what had happened, um, he like one day came in and after talking for a bit, as he usually did when he was like having a, you know, Dr. Hyde moment of being like nice – which one's the nice one, Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? Dr. Jekyll, I think. I don't know. One of them, the nice one. I'd have to ask Luke. Oh, shit. Yeah, he'll know. <laughs> Luke, tell us. <laughs> but he then said, I'll let you go after I get two other girls. Michelle goes on about how two? she- Two? Jesus. How she's Fucking like- greedy. I'm, well, that's uh, the thing. Like- Like just, uh, the, the, the ego yeah. on this guy that you think you're like, you I don't deserve- get it. Like one sex slave, let alone three. Yeah. You're fucked. No. And like, it's just, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand it. This is like, I'm I'm determined to like try to figure out. It also sounds like a lot of effort. It's It sounds like a lot of work. And he yeah. seems like a lazy piece of shit. So it's also kind of like, why are you even putting in so much effort to yeah, just ruin people's lives? You put in half as lives? much effort into like just anything else in the world. You'd you, probably be a pretty successful person. Right? Like. Maybe, just, maybe you'd have like a really good job or like it's just I don't know. And like Michelle even states about how like sometimes like when he would talk and have his pity parties about his horrible upbringing. Of course. Yeah. She would be like, yeah, I too had a horrible upbringing, but I'm, I'm not, not the one torturing somebody. No. Yeah. It's not an excuse. It isn't. No. <laughs> so I'm just. So him saying after I get two other girls. Michelle being the person that she is like was heartbroken thinking like well then I'd rather him just keep me I don't want two other people through this yeah she she became so worried and then she started to think okay well maybe he will go out and try and kidnap someone but then what if he gets caught and they never find me so she started having moments like that of like what if he gets arrested and they don't come and search his house and I'm just in here forever yeah so she's going through these like basically end of the line scenarios in her head of like everything that could go wrong with what he just said yeah because she's extremely smart she's trying to map out basically like her future there yeah so one day he came in after hearing michelle talking to someone 
and he got all furious at her, like bursted in, was like screaming. Uh, she told him that every now and then, more like every day, she would talk to Joey, her son. She would picture him. She would speak to him. She would try to have conversations. She tried to keep his like image alive in her brain. So when she would get bored and lonely, she would be like reminiscent on the time that he took his first steps and be like, oh, great job, Joey. And like cheer him on. I know. <laughs> like oh. reading some of it, I was tearing up because it's just like that's all she had to keep some kind of like shred of positivity in her oh, life. Like joy and in her life. That was her fight is like yeah. if I lose – being able to like think about Joey or even talk to imaginary Joey, I'll never get out of here. Yeah. So having Joey was her fighting point. Like that was like what she was fighting for. So she, he obviously went all crazy on her. And um, so she took this as an opportunity to in a way ask for some things to help keep her from getting bored and crazy mm-hmm. if he didn't want her talking to Joey. Like she said that, like, well, if I'm, what the I'm, fuck else am I supposed to do? Like, exactly. So she was like, well, maybe if you got me that puppy you promised me when you first brought me here. So a few days later, he came back and brought her a radio so she could listen to stuff when she got bored. She was actually really excited about this. This was like a little... I would imagine you would be. Because she even talks about how it's been months and all the only voice I've ever heard is my own and his. Mm-hmm. And it's not nice voices. Like it's... No. Someone screaming profanities at me all day long and then assaulting me. And yeah. that's it. So then a whole week went past and she got another gift from him. He came in with a big cardboard box and when he opened it, there was a puppy inside of it. It was an adorable little brown and white pit bull. Michelle named the puppy Lobo. She said it was because he was low to the ground and that he was a shorty just like her. Mm. I know. <laughs> she goes on for like a whole chapter to talk about how hard she fell in love with Lobo. She trained him to use the cardboard box to do his pottying in. She talked to him. He would curl up beside her on the mattress every single night and they would sleep together. Lobo is very much also like a victim here because he was just, he didn't really go outside at all other than something. But Ariel would come in and clean up Lobo's shit and even sometimes take him out to go to the bathroom every now and then. Michelle commented on how he actually cleaned up the dog's shit more than he changed her bucket. So like he'd, yeah. he'd basically only come in to clean up after the dog and then Michelle's stuff would just still be there. Mm. He would come in and take Lobo out of the room and tie him up outside and would then come in and and rape her just about every single night. That was kind of like the routine that was happening for her. He always made sure to take Lobo out of the room before going in there and doing what he did to her each night. This went on for a while. It was just like the new routine. But one night Ariel came home and right when he came in the room, Michelle said that she knew he was like extremely drunk. He smelled like rum, was like fumbling all over the place. So this time when he came in, he forgot to take Lobo out of the room. He went over to Michelle, grabbed her by her hair, dragged her to the edge of the mattress and commanded her to, as usual, do everything he tells her to or else. He started like roughing her up. So Lobo went nuts. Well, I'm imagining like this is his... Oh, yeah. Owner. This is his, this is the only person that he has a relationship with. Yeah. And you said it was a pit bull. Yep. It's still a puppy at this point. Like, I'd probably say like a couple months, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's still young. He's not fully. He's not like a full grown. But 
dog. Yeah, Honestly, but... uh, like in my experience having a dog, puppy teeth are sharper. Yeah. 100%. Uh, like a, an adult dog's bite is stronger, obviously. Of course, like their jaw is stronger. Yeah, it's just like they can clench down harder. But like the actual teeth are like sharp. They're yeah, very yeah. sharp. Like if I play with Oscar and his like tooth hits me, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm bleeding. But like when he was a puppy, if his tooth knocked me, it'd be like, okay, I might actually bleed. Yeah. I might actually yeah, bleed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so um, Lobo started barking and lunging at him and going nuts. Ariel smacked Michelle and told her to get Lobo to shut up because Lobo would listen to Michelle. Michelle was his trainer, essentially. Yeah. Um, trigger warning, huge one. So just, oh, no. I know, I, I'll, prob I'll probably cry because this is, I cried typing it. Uh, um, after he smacked Michelle, Lobo ran up again and tried to bite Ariel's leg. But before he could bite, Ariel picked Lobo up. And broke his neck and then threw Lobo's body on the mattress beside Michelle. I know. I, yeah, I'm going to need a minute. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I don't have any words. I don't. I, I yeah, I don't. He made this obviously out to be her fault. Of course. Of course, yeah. He, Someone yeah. like that would. Yeah. They, he, he picked up Lobo afterwards and brought Lobo and Michelle outside. And he just tossed Lobo over the fence. And that was it. And she made, he made her watch all of that. And just, it was like her fault in his words. Oh. Like, you made me do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, that I... Yeah. Yeah. He he brought her outside though. Briefly. It was dark out, but yeah. That was it. Would that have been the first time she had been brought outside since being there? I don't know if she stepped all the way outside or if it was just like her at, at the, the back door. door. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't sound like she went all the way into the backyard. It yeah. just sounded like he brought me to the backyard, but I think it might have been just like we'll get there. She does mm -hmm. go outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. this would have been her first glimpse of outside. Yes. Yeah. But um, she was, like, so shaken, obviously, that, like, even in that moment, like, running probably didn't even cross her mind. No, no, it wouldn't. Yeah. No, no, no. I yeah. wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I, like, you haven't mentioned her being brought even anywhere no, close to outside. It was just basement and upstairs at this point. She didn't even so. really spend time on the main floor at this point. It was just yeah, yeah. the pink room, basement. So moving forward, um, over time, he started doing things to test her. Like, let her go outside on the back porch mm -hmm. after this. Michelle knew that this was a test. Like, he wouldn't outright say it, but it mm -hmm. was, like, Im implied. Mm -hmm. um, so she went along with it until she could hopefully find a time to essentially, like, turn the tables. So she would kind of, like, convince him that, like, oh, your tests are working. You know what I mean? You can yes. trust me. Which is really smart. Really intelligent. Because the first time, like, if you if he brings you out the first time, you try and run or whatever, like, then he... Who knows how fucking long that's going to be before exactly. you get a chance again. So she, Whereas if you build trust with him. Early on. you might He might get sloppy. Yeah. He might make it, a mistake. It, yeah. Right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, she would play stupid. Mm -hmm. Even though she was like extremely intelligent in these situations. Like um, he would like fake leave. 
Mm-hmm. Like stomp all the way out, start the car, and then like quietly sneak back in. And like she would like hear him like creaking up the stairs very, <laughs> very quietly. Because he's like a bumbling jackass. <laughs> like we'll share pictures of him. Like just picture this guy bouncing up your stairs. Like Yeah. And then she would like hear him like outside the door and like if she like opened her eye a little bit, like she'd like see him like trying to peer through to see if she was like trying to escape. So she mm-hmm. would just like pretend to be sleeping or just pretend to be sitting there like complying. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah, yeah. trying to be like complicit throughout smart, the whole thing. Yeah. Very smart. So it it worked. Like he did start to like think he could trust her, you know? So when he took her to the porch one day, he put a big green shirt on her, gray sweatpants. Like these were his clothes, obviously, and he's disgusting. And she said that all of his clothes like smelled like sweat. They obviously weren't cleaned. They were just no, because he was keeping her money in the washing machine. Yeah, so, so you can't use it to clean clothes. No, obviously. why would you? And why would you even clean your clothes? Like when you're Ariel Castro, you just leave them piled up in disgusting. And you vomp. said this guy had a job. Yeah. Would you, did I tell you what his job is yet? I can't remember. No, he's a, a elementary school bus driver. Yeah. Yep. We'll get into more man, of his job. You would think later. that like kids are blunt. You'd think someone would be like, "Hey, man, you're stinky." Yeah. Hey, but, mom, the bus driver on my bus is really stinky. It smells like he's never taken a bath in his whole life. Yeah, <laughs> it smells like, like he's never taken a bath. And and even like Michelle says that like she, it's like very like graphic. She'll like describe his breath and stuff, and it's like ugh, stomach turning. I can imagine because like well, I don't not, even like being beside someone that has like I have coffee breath right now. But like, well, yeah, if someone sat beside me and they had coffee breath right now, I'd be like, you need to back the fuck up. Like, yeah, or like morning breath or something oh. where it's like, yeah, sometimes you're like, ew, but like, <laughs> ew, and or my own ew, breath, David. Like, ew, David. Um, but. Like, even my own breath sometimes where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, like, in the yeah. morning. Okay, like, do you remember when I got off the plane in Vancouver and I got in the car and I was like, who has gum? Because my mouth smells like the inside of an anus. Yeah. <laughs> and you were all like, no, no, I don't. And I was just like, well, then I apologize because now you're trapped in a vehicle with me. <laughs> it was it was fine. I don't think any of us oh, smelled your no, breath. No, Drew but... literally was like, yeah, you need to wash that out. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I but know, these that's why the... I asked for gum. This is... This is like the worst of like the everyday occurrences that people experience. Yeah. And it's like times that by a million yeah. and then dunk it in vomit and feces. Yep. And he only eats fast food. Alcohol and he grease. Yep. All he does is smoke constantly and drink. And tobacco. Oh my gosh. And yeah. Stale, that like stale tobacco smell too. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm sure like, he wasn't getting like fresh like menthols or anything like no and no. i'm sure he's not brushing his teeth or anything either uh, no i showed you the picture of his bathroom i don't even think i saw a toothbrush in there like uh, no oh, so that gross. was the sound of me vomiting that's, that's disgusting so yeah she said her his green shirt and gray pants were like utterly horrifying to wear because obviously they smelt nasty he put this big wig on her which by the way i showed you the picture of the wig i feel like if i saw someone walking around in clothes that were five sizes too big for them and wearing a wig that looked like that and um huge sunglasses i'd be like something's not right with this image i know she didn't go very far to like see some people yeah but like but you would look absolutely obvious like ridiculous and haggard and like just not like a normal person no so she was allowed in the backyard okay. for just a couple minutes. It wasn't like a long thing. Um, she said she saw a neighbor and okay. made eye contact. Mm-hmm. But Ariel had a gun in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And he was like, 
rubbing it to show her, like, if you say anything to that neighbor, I'll just shoot you. I feel like, and this is just, like, me coming up with, like, a hypothetical situation, like, he wouldn't shoot you in that moment. I feel like... well. It would I, it would end very badly for him. Yeah, if, if there's a witness and and the yeah. neighbor obviously would run inside and call the cops and be like, "Hey, I just saw my neighbor shoot someone on their porch." Yeah, he would have to run. Like he would yeah. he would be arrested for sure. But for her, she would be dead. She'd be dead exactly. So it, it's not a risk. It's not a risk you want to take. Obviously, no, like, and it's not too far fetched to think this guy is crazy enough to crazy do crazy enough to do it. That's you know, the thing. and on the off chance that I try and it doesn't work. What is going to be waiting for me afterwards? Yes, exactly. And that's that she talks about it where it's like, you know, I had the opportunity, but I do want him to believe he can trust me. Yes. So I'm going to, this is the decision. It's not the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And it it gives her opportunity later to try and come up with a new plan, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. when they went back inside, he took not only the clothes he had given her, like the gray uh, sweatpants and the shirt. But the clothes that she had been wearing this whole time up until this point, like her T-shirt that she had arrived in and her underwear were like also just completely tattered. It had been months of her wearing the exact same outfit, not bathing in. I don't know if you have like a pajama shirt that Mm -hmm. you used to wear when Mm -hmm. you were younger and you like probably still have it. And you know how like the materials got get they get like thin after a while. Of course. It like thins out. That's how she described her shirt. It was just like thinned out that it was like almost nothing yeah like it just had almost vanished it's wearing away it's wearing away completely so he took everything from her so now she was just completely nude chained up he just left her there she didn't have anything to keep her warm few weeks had gone by and it was now christmas she knew this because she had been listening to the radio and he came in Gave her a single piece of cake with red and green sprinkles on it. Not like a fresh piece of cake either. Like she said, it was like an old crusty piece of cake. Like it's not like it was like, got this fresh from the bakery. Like Yeah. Where, where all the of the food f- that he does he have get. even gotten it? Like the depths of hell? Like <laughs> under a garbage can I'm somewhere? I'm honestly just thinking, I'm like, I don't know. I just can't see this man functioning in regular society. Like I can't no. see him at a bakery. No. Like, I'm seeing him walking by a garbage can and being like, someone threw out a piece of cake. I'll bring this to her. Yeah. After I probably take a few bites out of it myself. Yeah. And then like urinate on it or something. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he's so gross. Um, Basically, she also explains how like basically all of the the food that like was given to her was like either like really stale old fast food or like crusty old pizza or like pasta from like dinner at his like mom's house or something from like weeks ago like it was all always like expired and Mm -hmm. not food you want to be eating like yeah so he said here merry christmas threw it on the ground and then still proceeded to rape her that night so sounds like a great christmas this is also her first christmas without joey obviously and this is just like obviously a horrible time so if you're counting she's now been with him since august Mm -hmm. that's a whole four months yeah um shortly after christmas he brought in this like little old tv so that she could watch stuff and um a little side note if if he wasn't already the biggest piece of shit he's also a racist 
So he gave doesn't surprise me. No, <laughs> but he goes on to give her like a list of rules of what she can and can't watch. Like I, something about like no news, but like obviously she would watch news when she was able to. Like if she knew yeah. he was away, she would flip it to the news to see if anyone's looking for her. Yeah, of course. Because he would do another mind game, which unfortunately it it worked and he wasn't entirely lying. But he mm. would tell her, no one's looking for you. Right. No, there are no flyers up. You haven't even been mentioned on the news. Mm-hmm. She wasn't sure if this was just a tactic or not, but obviously she came to learn that, like, that was the truth. No one filed a police report. I, I know in my heart of hearts, and I'm sure she does now, too, in this day, know that she was missed. Like, there had to of be, course. like, her cousin Deanna, I'm sure, noticed. Well, that, that's that's kind of who I'm thinking about. Yeah, like, because that was the last person last to... Last person to be with her. Yeah. So it would seem... It wouldn't it seem strange that it she would. just, like, disappeared? It obviously, would. her son missed her, I'm sure. Yeah, and... Like, I'd like to imagine that, like, Sniper probably missed her. Yeah. Because, yeah, of course they were, like, forcibly separated and whatnot. Yeah. But she still did have, like, friends and connections. And I'm sure, although nobody filed a police report and actively went out looking for her, I'm sure there were people going, I wonder what Michelle's up to. Yeah, you know? I hope so, she's okay. So, but it just sucks that, like, this worked because it was technically a fact like every time she'd watch because of like the family she came from and her life and that's the thing right is which is so which is so upsetting because i don't know it's just yeah i don't know i can't imagine what it would feel like to just like go missing and then no one no one and then to come out and be like no one even knew i was gone like yeah people know after now like that's why we're over here screaming her name from the rooftops because yeah, and and two, like I know there are two more victims. We're we're going to do them just as much yeah. detail. This is just I'm I'm taking most of the accounts from her book. Yes, because yeah. obviously I didn't have the time to read the other girls' books, but maybe I can incorporate that into part three slash maybe part four. But anyways, <clears throat> so now she's been with him since August. He gives her a TV. She's watching some stuff. One of the rules, as I was saying, is he's racist. He literally said like, if I come in here, I better not catch you watching anything with black people on it. She was not allowed to watch anything with any person of color on it, okay. which is hard content to find. That's hard because this is – wait, when was this? 2000s? 2002. Like I'd say like yeah. just about every show has – Well, like it's not – okay. It's not like the representation was no, f- proper f- back then. Still. Um, it's still not, but – it, but like usually be, there is like one person of color. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like she would because have to like that's quickly be like, oh, fuck. It's. That's what they would do. They'd be like, oh, we have one person yeah. of color. So they're, like that's our quota. They're token person. Right? Yeah. So, like, but it's like in the scene, like, yes. Or even in the background. Yeah. Probably. If it was like 1950, then no. Yeah. But 2002. <laughs> yeah. It, that's like, And it's just. And how are you to predict? What if you're watching a show and it's all white people and then a black person comes in and he walks in and he just like beats the shit out of you. And. That would happen. Ugh. Like, so it's just like, okay, that's kind of like a crazy rule ins- to have. Like, yeah, it's insane. It was the same rule with the, like, radio. Like, she wasn't allowed to listen to music that sounded like it was made from a black person, which oh is insane God. because guys just, you know, like, music was created from black people. Like, we, yeah, have, like- we have black people to thank for music. Like, they, was, it's yeah. just insane. So it's just like, really? Music? Come, come the fuck on. Yeah. I'm glad he's dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I want to go, like, take a shit on wherever he's buried. Yeah. With, oh, yeah. I'd love to piss on his grave. Oh, my God. Oh, I'd piss for, like, probably three hours straight. <laughs> we, me and Becky, we're just oh. going to, like, uh, each down a two-liter <laughs> bottle of Coke, drive, no. like, six hours, I'm gonna and eat. then... 
like four pounds of asparagus. Not and coffee and, and coffee. Like, yeah. And then not drink water, but drink like pop and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that it's like really dehydrated urine smell. You know that? Yeah. You know and then the just smell. not go to bathroom all day. Just hold it. Hold and then, it. Hold. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm just going to fill a couple bags. Or yeah, that's probably a better idea. There you go. I don't yeah. want to put myself through pain, but that's what he's getting. <sighs> so, so much worse. Yeah. So I know. This is just like, it's so, all of it's just so fucking rough. Like, and yeah. one of the other gifts that she was given uh, was a shower. Uh, and it wasn't like a great shower because like she had to shower like with him in the room. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really any like soap. It was kind of just like a rinse. And again, it's it's been four months. Yeah. Um, she had to literally ask for scissors because there was so much semen crusted into her hair from four months build up <gasps> that she literally just had to cut it out. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. So she just chopped most of her hair. It was the only way to like get it remotely clean and hopefully stay that way. Wow. So yeah, she just quickly washed the parts that she said were the strongest smelling and the dirtiest Mm. and tried to make do. So now we're moving on. A little bit of time has passed and it's now April 21st of 2003. So this is nine months after Michelle has been abducted. This is when Ariel's next abduction took place on the 21st. 16-year-old Amanda Berry, uh, who was actually like a co-worker of Ariel's son Anthony at Burger King. Amanda's 17th birthday was the following day. Ariel offered her a lift home after her shift ended, like he saw her leave. Um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of seemed like he had like spotted her before from like visiting Anthony at work. Um, so when he saw her leave after her shift, um, he offered her a ride home. Um, it's like really sad because like the, in one account I had read that like she actually, before going to work that day, wanted to call in and take the day off because her birthday was the next day. She wanted to like party with friends and Mm -hmm. stay home and like kind of celebrate, take a me day. Like that was what happened. And it's just kind of like, fuck, I wish you did. Like, oh, I just. Everyone call in sick on your birthday. I know. Like when I, I hear something, like, just do it. If you have a gut feeling, call in sick, just call in sick. <sighs> Obviously, we can't go back in time and change anything. No. But no. so we offered her a lift home and she accepted because she knew Anthony and she had seen him before. Um, Angie, who's also Ariel's daughter, um, went to school with Amanda so it was kind of like, oh, okay, like I'm piecing it together. Like, oh, you're Anthony and Angie's dad. Like, I know you. Yes. Yeah. And this is why, this is like why he was probably able to pull some of these things off yes. because he was picking people that like he knew just enough. Just enough to not be just weird. Just enough that they they knew him. Yeah. Yeah. To not be weird. It's not just like a random stranger offering another yeah. stranger a ride. Yeah. But also not enough that like the kids would ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> Um, Ariel had told Amanda, Angie's at my place. So like, why don't we just like go and you like, we'll stop there so you can say hi to her on the way home. Like she'll probably want to say happy birthday to you kind of thing. Once in the house, because she was like, oh, sure. Like, yeah, I guess I could come say hi to Angie before going home, whatever. Once in the house, um, Ariel had used that guard dog that he had. I think her name, I don't know if I mentioned the dog's name, uh, Maxine. He basically just kept her out front like all the time. Just like chained what? up. Oh, okay. Do you know what kind of dog it was? Um, 
I'm Don't sorry, remember. I always do this. Yeah. I always do and this. And I even was going to write it down and then I was just like, it's not important. I guess, it, I guess it, I'm just, in my head, I'm like, oh, was it like a teacup Yorkie or was it like a Great Dane? But like, it's probably just some sort of middle range. It was a middle like, range. I want to say it was like in the Pitbull family, but I don't think it was another Pitbull. Okay. I'll check. I'll, I'll, like a I'll confirm for the next yeah. episode. I will. I'll do that. I'll, I'll thank, thank just you. for you, so you can sleep tonight. I'm gonna do that. For I'm you. only. I'm yeah. I'm only wondering it's because if you went thing. back and you were like, it's a it's a teacup Yorkie. That's yeah. his guard dog. And yeah. I'm like, wow, you're a fucking idiot. It's <laughs> a ferret. <laughs> it's a gerbil. <laughs> so he used Maxine to distract her, took her cell phone, and then imprisoned her in the other room which i believe was the white room that michelle was not in either amanda was put in the white room or the pink room and vice versa i can't remember at this point who was in which room okay it's not super important but yeah yeah still but this time unlike michelle's disappearance amanda's caused like public commotion her family appeared on tv multiple times like mm-hmm like Amanda's mother, Luana, I can't remember. She has a different last name. I'm I'm going to update that for the second episode. I should have wrote that down. But um, there's a documentary on Discovery Plus. I think, I believe it's called The Cleveland Kidnappings. I think that's the title. If not, I'm going to <laughs> clarify that too mm-hmm. or put it in the show notes or something. But basically Luana is in it the entire documentary. Mm-hmm. Like her fight to find her daughter was endless. Like I've never, I've never seen it like that before Mm -hmm. when we talk about like a disappearance case or something like it's, it was, she harassed the like news outlets, the media, like I need my daughter's face on the news every single night. Like everyone needs to be on high alert. Like she did not give up Wow. ever. Like I, yeah, that was like a mother's strength. Like I just, it's insane. We'll get more into Luana. In part three mm-hmm. and like the families and everything of them because yeah. they come back quite a bit. Yeah. So um, a week later, Ariel used Amanda's cell phone to call her mother and said that he had her and that she was fine. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my because gosh. He also showed Amanda, look, your family's looking for you on the news and showed her. So she sat there and watched her family plead. Please return my daughter. We don't even care who you are. Just return our daughter. Was there not like... I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have so many questions. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he said, like, she's fine. I have her. She'll go home in a couple of days. That call, like, proved that Amanda had been abducted and the FBI was called to investigate. So they were able to triangulate the call to the area where she had been abducted and parked a van there. However... The phone's like exact location could not be determined because Ariel never Ariel never called again, and Ariel told Barry. Oh, sorry, Amanda. I just, yeah. I always do the control fine and just change the last names to the first names. Yeah. And it just missed one. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so Amanda, that he had uh, phoned her family and told them that they should not look for her because they were a couple now. So that's what he told Amanda. Like I called them and told them, "Don't stop looking for you because you ran away with me." I mean, I don't know what Amanda was thinking at this point, but like I'd probably be I'll sitting get there to, being like, yeah. bullshit, like yeah. as if my family's going to just be like, oh, okay, yeah. we'll stop, call off the search. Exactly. Yeah, she ran away with some old man. Yeah. I'll go, 
all of this right now is all essentially from Michelle's perspective still, like from her writings. I will be in part three including more of Amanda's account Mm -hmm. and the next victim as well who we haven't got to yet, but their words. Like I'm going to include, but right now this is Michelle's account. So for a little while, he kept Amanda isolated and away from Michelle. Mm-hmm. So f- there was a little while where Michelle wasn't entirely sure. She knew there was somebody else in the house, but wasn't positive. Like she okay. could just hear things every now and then. Yeah, she'd probably be hearing things that are like, I, have, uh, I haven't heard that before or something that was just slightly different maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, did I not? Oh, I I didn't put that in. It's in a different document. Anyways, so I, I this is where I'm going to add it in from memory because it's somewhere else. But um, – with it being on the news oh wait no maybe that's the next one Uh, i i'm the i'm the worst (laughs) no you're not (laughs) i am the worst um so michelle knew that amanda berry was missing because she heard it on the news right so she assumed amanda's the one in the house okay she just put two and two together yes yeah she just kind of had a feeling Mm mm-hmm so they were separated, though. And then so one day he comes in and tells Michelle that he wants to introduce her to someone. She already knew it has to be Amanda. So when he brings in this person that he wants to introduce her to, it's Amanda. And he, like, steps away for, like, two seconds. Like, it was, like, literally seconds. He's, uh, Michelle recounts saying, like, it was, like, he, like, grabbed a shirt or something and that was it and came in. Um, she So she quickly told Amanda, like, everything will be all right and we'll get out of here. Just... That's it. That's all she was, like, able to squeeze in. Yeah. So it was, like, the extent of their first conversation. Wow. He kept them, again, separated for a little while. Um, I think he had moved Amanda to the one bedroom, like, near her, so she could, like, hear Amanda moving around and vice versa, but, like, they didn't really have much interaction. Michelle, like, recounts trying to call out to her on days that, like... She felt like he was gone. yeah. Yeah. But I think... And again, I'll, I'll go more into Amanda's perspective, but it, from Michelle's perspective, it seemed like Amanda was undergoing her tests and probably thought that like, well, she's just not answering because Amanda probably thinks this is a test. Yes. And that if I answer. That, or maybe like I'm in on it or something. Like yeah. like Michelle. Yes. Michelle might be in yes. on it. Like you don't know. You can't trust yeah. anyone yet. Like I, yeah. yeah, I'd probably think the same way and just yeah. be like, I'm not fucking answering you. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I answering you might be the end of me you know so it's just kind of like that whole thing okay trigger warning this next part's just like fucking awful altogether sickening i i don't even want to talk about it but we're gonna we're gonna because Mm -hmm. justice needs to be talked about for what this woman endured because it's horrifying so not long after the few encounters they were allowed to have michelle had become pregnant she had tried to hide it from Ariel. Um, she did say about how, like, strange it was that, like, she understands that people reading it might not understand why she would want to keep a baby in that scenario. Mm-hmm. But she, in her brain at this time, she's lost Lobo. She's lost Joey. She's lost everything. Yeah. This is a part of her. She doesn't care that it's, in her words, like, literally the spawn of Satan. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the way she's seeing it. So of she's, course. But, like... She- it doesn't – I don't blame her for thinking like, yeah, but this child is a child. Like it's a – Yeah. It's life. It's it, life. It's not this child's fault that no. its biological father is a monster. Yeah. So I don't blame her for thinking like, 
I hope I can keep this baby. Like that doesn't. No. And, and two, like, obviously we've talked already saying how strong Michelle's motherly instincts were. Like yeah. this, this woman was born to care for people. Mm-hmm. Whether she liked that or not, she started caring for people at like when she was five, caring yeah. for her younger siblings and cousins. Like yeah. she cared for her family. And even after she had left, all she did was worry about what are Freddie and Eddie up to? What are my cousins up to? What are like the kids up to that? Like I know the adults aren't caring for them. Yeah. Like it's just not happening. So yeah, I think becoming pregnant, it was kind of like also to you have like from like a scientific side of things, you do have like a rush of hormones. Like she's also like malnourished in like a already completely not normal mental state Mm -hmm. of the average person. So it's just like. In that moment, yeah, it would be like the tiniest shred of light. So she wanted to keep it. She was trying to hide it. He had found out, though. Um, he had, like, started noticing, like, vomit and stuff. And, like, obviously could probably keep track of, like, her menstrual cycle and whatnot. Yeah. Because he'd be throwing napkins at her every now and then. But that <sighs> yeah. didn't happen anymore. Um, so he started to starve her. And then after starving her for a little while, he one day, trigger warning, um, he had hit her repeatedly in the stomach with a barbell, like repeatedly. Um, She said she was in so much pain that she almost instantly passed out. Yeah, you would be. She said she had never experienced that much blood in her entire life, like that much blood loss. She had... This is the biggest trigger warning for anyone. She had passed the mm-hmm. aborted fetus because mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened after he was out of the room. Like, so she had spent the whole night trying to use the like really little thin piece of sheet she had on the bed. Like it was like not a full sheet either. It was like a mm-hmm. scrap. So she used that to try and like stop the blood. Um, and then she had noticed that the fetus had passed and, she said that was extremely, extremely painful for her. Of course. Yeah. Ariel had come in and screamed at her for killing his child. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Yep. So he was then upset at her. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. There's so many things I'm wondering about him. Like, is he experiencing blackouts? Like, is he like not like... Or is it just like the dog where it's like, oh, you made me do that. And then it's your fault that I mm-hmm. killed my own child. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's don't not know. like logic is going to help us here. But no, but I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to piece things together as to like how, what yeah. he's thinking. Well, and that's what I like. I So I've, I've done the same thing where I've like gone back and forth trying to figure it out. I, I think I've come to like two conclusions and they're loose conclusions because I there's no conclusions. Because like, like I said, there's you no. Can't, there's no understanding it, especially when you're just like a regular person who doesn't torture people. There's no. Yeah. There's no putting yeah, your that's, brain there. That's a good point. I think <laughs> he's either so fucking stupid that he literally just has no goddamn clue like what he's said or done and just like literally is like brain dead in the worst way possible. And he just cannot remember that he's actually the one that beat her. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like a blackout or like just not remembering or like, yeah. Or he's so extremely good at manipulating someone that he's planned it all out. 
So Mm -hmm. like take Lobo, for example, like maybe that was like a really thought out thing. Like I'm going to give her this puppy. I don't necessarily have a plan of doing anything to this puppy, but I know that if I ever need to, I can take it away. Yes. Like a control thing. Yeah. So it's like that definitely makes sense with the dog for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then even like with her becoming pregnant because she becomes pregnant a few more times and has to endure a few more horrifying situations. I'll gloss over those ones. I know. They yeah. they don't happen in this episode. Don't worry. Mm. Uh, I'll give you a break, Haley. <laughs> Haley's like shaking. <laughs> like to pass out. I know. Yeah. We need like a palate cleanser or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But so part of me thinks, okay, he has to know that he's raping these women continuously. He isn't using obviously any sort of protection. No. He, nothing sanitary here. Like obviously he, it's not like he's being careful you know what i mean no no so he in his brain has to know at one point or another one of these girls will become pregnant well yeah like he has kids multiple children he has, he has he's multiple clearly kids, so not very careful to be but you must know like how it works like if this was a person who had never spoken to another human being before and you yeah. like, don't know how babies are made no okay Okay. Like, I, I don't, sure. sure. You're I don't obviously know. You're still some an feral idiot. person from the forest. Yeah. But like <laughs> he's had intercourse with a woman before. That woman has become pregnant. She has given birth to a baby multiple times by yep. him. Yeah. So why are you so confused by this? Why are you so upset and like shocked? Shocked by this? Like that's what I mean by he's either really stupid, which he definitely is. He definitely is stupid. One hundred percent a fucking ding dong. Yeah. Like. Vomit and soup, vomit soup for a brain. Like, yeah, vomit yeah. soup. Like he's just fucking idiot. There's no brain. I'm sure there's no brain. Anyway, no, it melted out of his ear years ago. Like, yeah. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah, but like, I feel like yeah. Part of it is like, okay, well, if they do get pregnant, if either one of them gets pregnant, I can use it as a control thing. Yeah, I I, I think that makes more yeah. sense to me. Yeah, not necessarily. Sure. Like I plan to get her pregnant and do this. It's like, okay, well, if it happens. I get to be the one in control still. And you know what? It could be a little bit of column A, a little bit of oh, column yeah. B, oh, all, of, all exactly. of it mashed together in the, one those big just shit what my storm brain of like, yeah, just psychosis. And like <laughs> just like a complete psychological like, anomaly. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like he, he could have blacked out and then been like, oh my God, it was your fault and all this stuff. And then also manipulating her too, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I think the manipulation is just like, yeah, obviously he knows that it's not her fault. Like, yeah, how could, how could, geez, you fucking idiot. This I, is a person who blames everybody else for his problems. Uh, honestly, yes. Yeah. I'm just, let, I, I got to start eating some asparagus tonight. We're going <laughs> to fill up those urine bags. It's happening. Like, oh, uh, yeah. So after this, obviously some time had passed. Michelle hears on the news on her little radio uh, sometime in the spring of 2004. So years had passed at okay. this point. So we're a year on from when Amanda was taken. And yeah, Michelle I'm. A, I'll, like, I'll do like a actual timeline yeah. update. And so she, she hears that another girl who was 14 years old by the name of Georgina De Jesus, Gina for short, had gone missing. So she hears that on the radio. Michelle again knew in her gut that Ariel must have got her. Late that same night that she hears it on the news, Michelle heard. Um, a girl who wasn't Amanda screaming bloody murder from the basement, not from the upstairs, begging for help. So this is 
um, what day was this? April 2nd of 2004. This is almost exactly a year after Amanda's abduction. Yep. And two years after Michelle's abduction. Yeah. So, like, Michelle's already been through two years of torture Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Amanda, one year. Again, I will be going into Amanda's story in part three. It's it's just hard because they... Obviously, all three of them have very different perspectives because they were all kept in isolation from one another and Mm -hmm. then integrated. And it's just chaos, like Mm -hmm. utter chaos. So, yes, on April 2nd of 2004, Ariel's youngest daughter, Arlene, had uh, left school with her best friend, Gina DeJesus. Um, Gina's father was a former schoolmate of Ariel's. And she was related to Tito DeJesus, which is actually the leader of Ariel's band. So they were literally bandmates. Wow. Okay. A lot of connections there. Yeah. So like a lot of family connections and friend connections and they just knew each other, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the two girls are walking home after school and they actually like split at one point. Arlene was heading to Fernando's, which is, if you remember, Ariel's ex-wife's new boyfriend. Right. Fernando Colon, Colon, we couldn't remember. Right. Um. She was heading to his workplace so that he could drive her home while Gina walked to her own house. Meanwhile, Ariel had left home with the intention of picking up Arlene from school. Or so he claims, I guess, at one point. But he spotted both of the girls and waited for them to split. And then he followed Gina instead. He pulled up next to her, telling her that he was looking for Arlene and that he needed her help finding him. Finding her, sorry. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gina was like, okay, because you're my friend's dad. And if you're saying you can't find her, I'll help you. That makes yeah, sense. I just saw her. I'll I just saw her. I'll take you. Where, so she did yeah. that. She even gestured like she went that way. So Gina got in and he drove down the direction opposite to what she had just pointed toward to 2207 Avenue, which is where he lived. Um, when Gina asked why he was driving the other way, Ariel just kept switching stories between like needing her help picking up actually like a loudspeaker for the band, you know, your, your uncle or whoever it was in relation is in my band, you know, oh, my, my daughter, Emily, she's, she's also looking for Arlene. We got to find Emily and then we can find Arlene, like just kind of come up up with different Mm -hmm. stories. So they got home and, and by home, I mean to Ariel's place. Yeah. And was like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna go in here. Just help me with something real quick. I don't know if I said it in the first episode, but if you're young and you're listening to this and you're like 14 or younger, or however old you're a teenager, adults don't need your help mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. They're adults. If an adult says they need your help with something, they don't mm-hmm. say no. Yeah, be a brat. Say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Adults I mean, don't need you. Of course. Yeah. These are just uh, cautionary warnings because this is not this girl's fault at all. But no, like, God, no. But oh like, my God, no, even no, no. if it's a friend's dad, like, even you don't still. have to. You don't have to trust everybody. Like, no. you really don't. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like, again, like people would probably like appreciate being overcautious than undercautious. But either way, it's yeah. Like, if they're oh, a good, if they're a good not... person, they'll be like good on you for like not getting in the car with me. I guess like that's, yeah, prob- that's probably smart. a good like, thing. Yeah. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. You know. And if they're not a good person, then <laughs> yeah. they'll make a fuss, and then yeah. you were better off anyways. Exactly. And of course, by us saying this, we are not at all no blaming Gina in no. any manner. It's not, just not at all. It's just unfortunately there are people like this out there. And until 
until we can until figure we, out how until to we fix can them. eliminate those people <laughs> i don't fucking know how but um you know it, yeah it's constant vigilance yeah just Seriously. yeah so initially I'll, I'll go into like more of gina's story in part three but eventually um gina was then imprisoned in the same room with michelle so they were kept together so first when ariel brought gina in to michelle he lied about gina's name and introduced uh, gina as one of his daughters but michelle knew the truth mm -hmm. because she had heard and saw the news and pieced it all together gina and michelle shared their room and they were both chained up together like they were like touching okay he had done weird small things like give the girls notebooks and pencils to write in and draw in to keep them from getting bored. And then one day he forced Gina to do Michelle's hair, like brought them both to the bathroom and was like, do her hair. Just do it. Okay. So Michelle was really nice to Gina. Like Gina did her hair and Michelle was like, it actually looked great. Like after I had obviously chopped some pieces of my hair off, yeah. she like did some twists in it and made it look really nice. Michelle's like trying to care for her. <laughs> yeah. So Michelle started to see Gina as her little sister. She took care of her, comforted her, protected her, gave her all the quote unquote tips to get her through things. Yeah. How to get through the assaults, everything, or at the very least, just how to disassociate and tolerate it. Yeah. Because that's probably the only way you're surviving that is by disassociating. Yeah. Yeah. They would hold hands during assaults because he would take turns, obviously, like tonight, oh. this is you. So they would just hold hands for like dear life. Michelle would often actually offer herself to him if he came in seeking Gina. Aww. Like, take me. It's it's me who you hate. Like, take me instead. It usually backfired, but she would try to offer mm. herself. Um, oh. For for the first while that all three of them were in the home, he kept Amanda very separate from Gina and Michelle. Um, it's it's stated that he kind of favored her in the sense of like she's the favorite. She gets treated quote unquote better. That doesn't mean that she actually got treated well, guys. Like we're no, gonna get no, into of her side not. of things, but out of the three, he kind of referred to her as his wife. Like he would make comments like, "Oh, my girlfriend, my wife." Like. Ew. Ugh. I know. <laughs> yeah. So one day Ariel comes into Gina and Michelle's room and is like, quick, hide your chains. My grandson wants to see upstairs. And they're both like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, seriously. You're, why would you even traumatize why? the child by just showing him? Even if we hide. Even if she didn't have chains. Even if you hide the chains, like you, you've seen the images, like the upstairs not only just is like gross, but like you're going to show him two essentially nude women who are both extremely malnourished i'm gonna assume extremely bruised yeah completely battered probably bloody there's like piss and vomit and shit all over the room yeah like the smell alone would traumatize you so he's like yeah quick hide your chains i'm gonna show my grandson around up here and they're literally both like why the fuck would you bring a child up here like yeah. no i can't remember the grandson's exact age, but it was like young enough to walk, but oh, sorry, old enough to walk, but not quite old enough to be like, mom, there's women chained upstairs. Yeah. Like not old enough to know. Not fully like, coherent. But what's going Yeah. Obviously yeah. what's going on. Or, and also not like old enough to be believed. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? So anyways, he comes in and looks around with Ariel. And the girls are sitting on the mattress and they greet him and they're like, hi, like, you're so cute. I'm, hi. I I don't think they were allowed to say their names, obviously. Mm. Um, But once he sort of like took in the room and like looked around and was like, okay. And like glancing at everything, he just started hysterically crying and screaming for his mommy, like literally screaming, mommy, mommy. Um, so Ariel quickly picked him up and covered his mouth with his hand. The girls had heard more family members down on the main floor. So they were like huddled up and like on like the edge of their fucking seat thinking like maybe the people downstairs would hear. And someone also, will run up or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be hoping. Because family wasn't allowed upstairs. Like when co- company would come over when he would have band practices, it was like, no, we're on the main floor. That's it. Mm-hmm. He had all doors padlocked. Like everything was closed. So that, like even if someone did go upstairs, they would just think it's a gross upstairs and everything's locked up. And yeah, he just is a very private person, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because private people, normal private yeah. people have padlocks on all their fucking doors. I right? do. Yeah. So they they weren't sure if the people downstairs would hear or not, but because Ariel had covered his mouth so quickly, they weren't sure if they heard it in time or not. And we're stopping here. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I know. I wanted mm-hmm. to leave you guys on the edge of your seat. I am on the edge of yeah. my seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. I am. I mean, I I know there's more, so I doubt that someone ran up and that's the end of the story, obviously, but No, there's a lot more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it at least this is the start of some I don't know chatter amongst the onlookers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll leave you with that. I'll just leave you that. Mm, okay. Oh yeah, you gave, just gave us just a little something. But yeah. So so I get to like take a little bit of a rest after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for this guy to get fucking caught. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, just, oh, and it's so fucking good. Is it? Okay. I good. can't wait. The, the reason why I don't, I, like, I think anything you tell me is going to be a disappointment if it's not like, oh, they just like tortured him by like ripping off his limbs and shoving them down his throat and then did that over and over for like 10 years. It's, it's, you know, yes. but like, uh, do it I, will be somewhat gratifying, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Do I think he got all of the justice he deserved? No. They're almost, yeah, they're almost disentending. It's like any comparison. Yeah. And the only the, the happy ending I'm talking about is is for the women. Like yeah, of course. these girls go on to have happy endings. Mm-hmm. He kind of takes the the cheating way out, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. But the capture's good. The capture's really entertaining. You you guys will like it. Okay. It's entertaining how he gets caught. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave you waiting for that. Okay. It's good. And the girls, when they do get out, oh, man, do they get the fuck out. <laughs> like, it's... So, I'm, again, leaving you with a little glimmer of hope. There is there is a light at the end of this There's a very dark foggy tunnel. light there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you, good job getting through that. Like, having to actually say the words. I couldn't. It was hard enough for me to listen, but, like... Yeah. Props to you. Thank you. I'm just going to go cry in the car on yeah. the drive home <laughs> like yeah. yeah so yeah okay guys so if you don't hate our podcast now at this point <laughs> like i promise there's there's good stuff coming yeah for for these women there's good stuff coming yeah. because yeah and yeah if anyone is interested in reading her book 
oh my god Haley just <laughs> smashed the mic it's probably actually so loud like i we didn't hear it but like i know when drew's editing it it's gonna be like <laughs> wow. like so i hope he echoes it it's gonna be funny hope it didn't scare you too much yeah. <laughs> someone's like driving and swerves their car um oh yeah i was gonna read out the book's name oh yeah um, it's called Finding Me by Michelle Knight. There's like a, you know, when books have like a second title, like a mm-hmm. Finding Me. I can't remember what the second title is, but I will link it Okay. to, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Gina and Amanda actually co-wrote a book together. I believe it's just called Hope with like a subtitle as mm-hmm. well. Pardon me. Um, I'll link that one as well. Very good books. Yeah. Very good. Very graphic. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. So uh, stay tuned for part Please. three. Please stay tuned. Maybe part four. Yeah. We'll I, yeah. There there's, is, a, there's a lot, right? It's kind of like what you said, Becky, where like there's so many perspectives that kind of want to include yeah, yeah. all of them or parts yeah. from all of them. Um, and and this is a, also a long span of time. Yeah. I know. A that. long span. Because like usually when we cover cases, it's like, a couple of years or yeah at most right yeah yeah um and and to the reason why we would do a fourth part is because we want to do uh like essentially like more of like a full episode of like the good that has come out of this because they've helped a lot of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. survive different scenarios after mm-hmm. the fact so yeah they got we've got good stuff coming up mm-hmm. good closure to this so mm-hmm. i i know that it's there but we kind of just you know rummage through some diarrhea until we get there mm-hmm. some vomit soup some vomit soup so and yeah sign up to be super cool join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed and if you ever want to chat and connect with us you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at How to Not Get Killed. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. And keep it relatively sleazy. Mm, a bit sleazy. Just a little bit. Just a bit. Just a, just a dash of sleaziness. Mm, we've had a lot of sleaziness today. Yeah. Yeah. But like not the good kind. Yeah. So no, just no, the bad kind. Just a dash. Just a dash. Thank you.